talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. It's the dawn of a new era tomorrow as Stephen Glass takes charge of Aberdeen for the first time with third in the league still up for grabs and the Scottish Cup still to play for. There's no easing in for the new boss and he knows how important it is to get off to a winning start. You can see how the players can respond to what we're asking them to do. Uh, We'll see if they can implement what we're asking them to do. I'm sure they can. I've seen it in training already. Uh, But the proof's in the pudding. The proof starts on Saturday uh, and then we'll we'll build from there. It's it's a long-term thing. The summer, beyond the summer, I'm pretty excited about what can happen, but I'm also excited about Saturday coming as quick as I can. The club needs to be in the latter stages of the tournament like it has been previous years, so everything that we are building towards ever since I got this opportunity and know what's coming up, Livingston, the next round of the Cup, it needs to be won. So that's the aim. Uh, We know Livingston are not going to roll over. We know what they offer. We know they've came here and won earlier in the season. So it's going to be difficult, but we will be doing everything we can to be in the next round of the Cup. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike and I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Andrew, Alan Russell and Stephen Glass have had some time with the team this week. What do you think they made of last weekend's 1-0 win at St Johnston? Uh, I think they'd have been quite pleased with it because uh, Aberdeen had to dig deep. Uh, They got the goal. The the first half was something you just don't want to remember, to be honest. Uh, St Johnston pressed Aberdeen, didn't threaten a lot apart from the, the Chris Kane shot that went over the bar and actually I'm pretty convinced that he was offside when that free kick came in first. He was the guy who went to, to play it um, so it should have been flagged offside he wasn't, the ball then drops to him no composure whatsoever, fires it over the bar from six yards, that was a wee bit of a scare for Aberdeen but second half um, the Dons were much more like it I think when Fraser Hornby came on uh, he made a, a big big difference and it's an, actually a very good goal when you, when you look at how it's built from the back a throw in taken back to McCrory who plays it forward Hornby wins the header, flicks it into the path of Matty Kennedy who cuts inside and plays a lovely weighted through ball for Johnny Hayes who's made a really good driving run from the middle of the park. He's got the wrong side of Sean Rooney. Uh, You could criticise the defender for that. Uh, I think it was um, Liam Kerr who came back. But Hayes had a lot to do and I did see one description of the goal saying he got lucky when there was a couple of ricochets off the defenders that fell into his path. When you see it, Johnny Hayes actually has control of the ball, takes it to the right and slips it past Xander Clark. And it was no more than Aberdeen deserved at that point because they had started the second half very brightly. As anticipated, uh, St Johnston threw the kitchen sink at Aberdeen. Sean Rooney had a very good header that hit the post. Joe Lewis makes a good save from Ali McCann towards the end. But it was almost back to the, the days when we were really successful under Derek McInnes. 1-0. You score the goal, you manage the game properly, you defend solidly. That's what they did. That will have pleased Stephen Glass and Alan Russell to see that the defensive side of things is still extremely good. I mean, you're looking at Joe Lewis's shutout record for this season. Played 40 games, clean sheets in 20 of them. That's pretty good. The problem is at the other end of the park, and that's where you hope Alan Russell can do a bit of magic with the strikers that are at Pataudry at the moment and, and get us a wee bit more relaxed, I think, as much as anything else going forward. There's good players there, but there's still that 
tension about them when when they get into the penalty area. You hope that just a, a, a different voice, different routines, um, things that Alan Russell will have seen that his players can do. There'll be things that he'll he'll see that. Okay, I don't have Harry Kane. I don't have Raheem Sterling. They maybe can't do these things. So it's next uh, season. <laughs> well, perhaps. Um, but uh, don't say things like that. Dave Cormack will get the fright of his life if you suggest that. Um, but uh, I think there were positives for them to take forward. And they've had a few days working with the players now, putting their ideas across to them. It will be very interesting to see what the style of football is like tomorrow, what the team lineup is tomorrow. Always difficult for an interim manager to, or interim managers to take over for a couple of games. And you never want to be remembered as the interim team who didn't get a win. So it will be really good for Paul Sheeran and Barry Robson. Yeah, the, the, Paul obviously was obviously delighted at the at the win last uh, last Saturday, and the fact that Hibs lost at the weekend, we won, it puts such a different complexion on. You know, it doesn't look quite the mountain it was uh, before the before the start of the post-split games so no, they'd be delighted to end with, with a win and uh, also interesting to see that Simi's going to be staying with the, the first team which is obviously um, well a different role for him yeah, if he's man- going to manage youth, youth, t- uh, youth academy as well and, and uh, but that's quite a tall order to do, to do both it is um, I, you're talking about Paul and finishing his spell as interim manager statistically he's the most successful manager in Aberdeen <laughs> Football Club's history uh-huh. he's won 66.67% of his course, games, yeah. 2 out of 3 nobody in the history of AFC, the 118 years and a couple of days now um, has managed that I'm pretty sure if he's got any after dinner uh, talks lined up in the future <laughs> when we're allowed to do those kind of things, that might be his opener. <laughs> it might well be he may well also quote um the, the the line about um, you know there's lies damned lies and there's statistics <laughs> <laughs> yeah very fair well the, the thing of course is that Stephen Glass comes in now Dave and, and he talked there just in the the short brief moment we heard there about next season you mentioned next season you can tell he's excited about getting a chance to put his stamp on the team we saw this last time when Derek McInnes of course came in at a similar point in the season it is a difficult time to take control of a team but there's so much to play for it is and there is still so much to play for uh, not least starting tomorrow with the, the cup but third place and winning the cup would be a, not a bad start for, for Stephen um, with the club under his uh, tutelage but uh, uh, so there's going to be lots of change we've mentioned that, that in the summer as there was from Derek and Tony's first season when they took over just before the split so mm. uh, but uh, you know, I don't think there'll be too much changes Andrew tomorrow in terms of the team because there's who do you bring in? Well that's the problem there's there's not an awful lot of wiggle room really um, Jack McKenzie unfortunately misses out again uh, because he was cup tied playing for Forfar um, so that does that mean that Andy Considine goes across to left back in which case who comes into centre back um, because Ash Taylor missed out altogether last week through injury and I haven't seen him pictured at training at all this week or um, is there a, a, a reshuffle that sees Johnny Hayes go back into into left back which loses the impact that Johnny had last week for example, the goal was the perfect example, um, you don't want to lose that um, it'll be an interesting one but 
I do think, you know, up top, Fraser Hornby did his, his chances of starting tomorrow's game. Absolutely no harm at all. Really looked apart against St Johnston. And perhaps, you know, maybe Florian Camberry may drop out. You may see Callum Henry, who's the guy who'd scored the goals, um, albeit 11 games apart. Um, I, you know, he he's going to be confident going into this game uh, it's it's going to be uh, something to, something different to look out for tomorrow that's that's the exciting thing I think yeah. about the game um, you've got this new manager you've got a new striker coach um, okay you're not going to see instant results but I think we are going to see little tweaks and it's going to be very very interesting to see what these tweaks are because it will give us an idea of the pattern of play that Stephen Glass and Alan Russell are going to be looking to develop going forward so I mean we've said that it's it's an exciting time um, it's, it's, it's going to be one that you know we're all going into a little bit not sure what we're going into. Absolutely. Well, many of the current squads won't remember life and won't know anything apart from Derek McInnes as manager, but one player who's seen plenty of managerial change is Andy Considine, and he says that the new management team have already got started. First met on, on Wednesday. You know, we'd spoken over the phone, but um, you know, he obviously got to meet face-to-face on Wednesday. Um, the gaffer and uh, Alan Russell came in, and uh, we had a meeting uh, that morning, and, uh, you know, he, he we watched a few videos of how you know he expects us to play, um, you know, in and out of possession, and um, what he, what he expects of us: um, more intensity, more energy, and um, and then it was straight out to the training park and 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 working on it, and which we have done all week, which I'm sure we will do today as well. But uh, no, it's been really positive. Um, boys are boys are really excited and just eager to get going. Yeah, it's always when when you've got a player like Andy Constant, um, Dave, who's been at the club for so long, and then a new manager comes in. He's at the stage of his career uh, where you, you never quite know whether he whether he is going to still be in that first team under Stephen Glass the next couple of seasons, or whether there are going to be changes. And of course, it's the same for every single player on that pitch. It's the same. But, uh, I'd be very surprised if if Andy isn't to back in his normal position next season. And Stephen Glass will be well aware of Andy's capabilities. And the thing about Andy is, as we've again said before, season upon season, he just seems to get better and better as he gets older and older. So there's absolutely no reason reason for Scotland international Andy. Considering to uh, to be anything other than a Aberdeen first team or regular first team selection next season, we've seen it before, Andrew, with defenders particularly that seem to just improve with age, and particularly it seems to be positioning is the one thing that they they really sort of improve on, and that just gets better and better. And he is a player that you can see his tactical awareness is is second to none. Yeah, it's all about experience, it's about knowledge, but it's also keeping uh, uh, yourself absolutely fit for playing football and Andy Considine is the perfect role model. Uh, it was interesting, Stephen was was talking about his own career and he said, look, I was only here for four seasons. Uh, I won the League Cup. Um, I had quite a successful career, but he says, I'm not a hero. Andrew Considine has been his entire career at Aberdeen. Tomorrow will be, what is it? Let me see if I can work it out. His 557th <laughs> game for Aberdeen. He says, that's a hero. So I think Stephen Glass, in the back of his mind, has got the name Andrew Considine penciled onto his team list for next season. So I don't think Andy has 
has got to, to prove himself in the, the way that maybe some of the others feel they have to. Um, I think uh, this is his sixth manager. Um, so he's, he's had, he himself says, look, I've got to press the reset button. I've got to go and show the managers in training and out there on the pitch that I am capable of doing the, the type of job that the manager wants me to do. Everybody else is in the same boat. For a lot of the players, as we've mentioned over the last two, three weeks, this is their first change of manager. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of the youngsters will have been coming to Andy and saying, look, how do you approach this? You know, Derek and Tony knew absolutely everything that I could do. Paul knew what I can do. But does Stephen Glass know what do I do to make sure that, you know, I, I keep my, myself in the, the, the frame for, for playing or keep my place in the team? And it's, it is a case of you have to go and do it on the training ground first and foremost and then do it out in the pitch as well taking on board the messages that you're going to be getting from the manager uh, and from his, his coaching staff. But they're good professionals out at Petardi, Dave. They, they know what they're about. I mean, they've been well-grounded uh, by Derek, Derek, Tony, Paul, Barry, everybody that they've, they've worked under. Well, you know, Derek and Tony, the one thing that Derek always did was his homework about not just the footballer's ability, but their personality, the way they go about things and there was a few players that didn't come to Petorja because they didn't tick all the boxes So, and I'm quite sure that level of professionalism will continue as under Stephen and, and uh, Alan Russell etc. Yeah and of course it all begins as we mentioned tomorrow it's such a huge game for this season so taking this season as as one despite the fact we have to change a manager tomorrow Andrew it's Scottish Cup and at one point it didn't even look like this competition was going to be happening here we are with Aberdeen with a real chance and uh, you look at the fact that Rangers play Celtic on Sunday and yeah, it's Livingston, not an easy game by any stretch, but get past that and anything's possible. Yeah, I like um, the fact that uh, Stephen Glass is talking about we've got eight games to go this season. <laughs> it's a minimum five, um, but he obviously <laughs> is thinking we can go all the way in the cup. Anything's possible, we've said it so many times, if you hit the ground running um, in a cup competition, sometimes you don't even have to do that. Get yourself past the first hurdle. Cast your mind back to the, the League Cup um, when we won it in 2014. The first game against Aloe Athletic. Penalty kicks. We struggled like mad to get through that. Mm-hmm. Nothing each after extra Was time. Mark, Mark Reynolds Mark Reynolds, scores, <laughs> Mark Reynolds scores the winning goal for a penalty. And then you had, you know, the Motherwell game. Joe Shockney is sent off and... It's backs against the wall. Andy Considine scores one. Johnny Hayes gets one, and all of a sudden the momentum's going there. It is a much more uh, congested Scottish Cup campaign, but the fact that they struggle to get through against Dumbarton um, lets them know that there's no easy games in the Scottish Cup and as you say Livingston despite that 6-0 defeat at Celtic last week they'll be tough opponents we've played against them so often this season um, plus two games that were prepared for that didn't happen so uh, you remember it bitterly (laughs) absolutely Um, the players will know everything there is to know about Livingston so um, it's it's maybe more difficult for David Martindale preparing his team because he doesn't know what the Stephen Glass effect is going to be in Aberdeen but um, yeah there's there's a great opportunity 
And Livingston, of course, I mean, they, they, they had that amazing run of form, but it's all kind of come slightly crashing down. It's been up and down, I would say. I mean, certainly the, the Celtic game, you can almost put that to one side. But having said that, even though it was Celtic, doesn't do your confidence any good to get beaten by six. No, and uh, I th- think David Martindale was... Uh, particularly unimpressed by the lack of fight from his, his side and uh, it was Nicky Devlin in the post-match said exactly that that we can't go out and not put up a, a fight against anybody particularly a Celtic team that were playing with great confidence last week So, yeah. but it's, it's not going to be easy we, we only have to remember the last time they, they went up to Pataudry after their meal at Tony Macaroni, and uh, then they, <laughs> the the uh, don't think they'll, they'll be doing that tomorrow. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, you know, the last thing we need is a repeat of that one. And of course, you know, you look at Lewiston and you, you think, well, they, they they are getting beaten six 0 by Celtic, albeit. But you look at their last league game; it was one one with Hibs. So actually. Uh, you look at that and you think that's a pretty good result so it depends which Livingston and literally which Livingston because sometimes you don't even know which players it's going to be but the, the the fact is it could be either Livingston that turn up tomorrow Yeah, I mean they, uh, I was looking at their stats they've used something like 35 players this season so it's it's been a massive squad it's been fairly solid at the back Um he swapped the goalkeepers around quite a bit, Max Dryek and uh, Robbie McCrory. Um, but his strikers that um, uh, have been chopped and changed quite a lot. Livy have actually only won two of their last ten since beating Aberdeen at Petordi, but then our record hasn't been exactly brilliant either. Uh, so it, it's got all the hallmarks of being a very tight encounter. I think it's it's the glass effect that could sway it one way or the other. Um, and you obviously hope from an Aberdeen perspective that it tips the balance in favour of the men in red. Well, if nothing else, Aberdeen have brought in a manager who's going to give so many headlines uh, because with a name like that, it's going, to be, it's going to be easy to write them, I would imagine. Right, coming up, we're going to hear from former Don Willie Garner. We've also got Beat the Pundit and much more still to come on Red Friday. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Don's. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Scottish Cup action for the Dons tomorrow. It's a 5.30 kick-off. It's Aberdeen against Livingston. Let's get the thoughts now of former Don Willie Garner and find out when he caught up with our fan reporter Graham if he shares the excitement of the fans. Willie, tomorrow Stephen Glass takes charge of his first Aberdeen game. How excited are you to see him in the dugout? Well, Graham, um, I think me and every other Aberdeen fan is looking forward to seeing Stephen in the dugout tomorrow along with Alan. Um, it's a big, big game for us. Uh, possibility of going into a semi-final of the Scottish Cup, which is a huge trophy, which we've had great success in. I'm sure the players will be looking to impress. They they didn't do that particularly well against Livingston a couple of months ago at home. Obviously, Livingston did very, very well in the first half in that game, and the game was won by half time. I feel, but Stephen will have looked at that. I'm sure he'll have talked to players through it as well to make sure that they're just so prepared for this game in, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, still a lot to play for, uh, obviously with the results last Saturday, which gets us that bit closer to Hibs. So it's not just the Scottish Cup, but I feel that he'll be preparing to look and get a real push to go and finish third in the league. Um, he's also introduced some younger players as well over the last two or three weeks, uh, along with Paul. And I think it's, uh, the, there's good times ahead for Aberdeen. Exciting times. I feel there's a bit of excitement. I just I watch social media, and I see that the the fans are they're, they're excited, and they're willing everybody to do well. That's the most important thing. 
Um, so yeah, plenty to look forward as I said, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of all the Dons fans and wishing Stephen and Alan uh, a winning start tomorrow. North Zone One Red Friday. Should mention as well that there is one game underway. Twenty-four minutes in it's Mirren nil, Inverness Cali Thistle nil. And uh, when we do get to beat the pundit, uh, we did record and make sure we wrote down our predictions earlier. So uh, if you are hearing predictions, we're not we're not taking that into account. Uh, yeah, Willie Garner there, Andrew, and um, it sounds like he's really speaking as a fan at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, I think Willie is a fan. I mean, it's, it, it seems to despite the fact that, you know, it, it comes from the central belt. Um, I think it was at Campsy Black Watch that he played for, who are based um, around about Lennox down uh, beside where Celtic's training ground is. Uh, so he's, he's from that neck of the woods. But it seems to be, you know, once you've got a connection with Aberdeen Football Club, you never lose it, which speaks volumes for the club as a whole, that, um, you know, there's a, an affection there from former players, former staff, etc., etc. But yeah, Willie is uh, a very eloquent spokesman for for the fans uh, knows what he's talking about I mean Dave has worked with him on Red TV uh, tactically very aware as you would expect from somebody that Fergie put his trust into as, a, as an assistant manager but I, th- I think he's, he's hit the nail on the head there um, all Aberdeen fans after the initial sur- slight surprise at Stephen being appointed I mean they he made a point uh, in his media conference yesterday of saying, look, I've done my, did my pro licence eight, ten years ago. I've been coaching for 14 years. I'm not a rookie coach. In Scottish Premiership terms, yes, he is, but he's got a wealth of experience behind him. And it's, as I say, it's very interesting times ahead. Yeah, interesting times ahead. And I, the, the weird thing, of course, we mentioned this already, but coming in at this stage, it does give him the opportunity, Andrew talks about it earlier as well, to see the players, to find out what they're all about. And in some ways, it might just give those players that maybe in his head he's written off because, let's face it, he's a human being and he'll, he'll, have, he'll have his pre conceptions about certain players it might give those players a chance whether they know it or not to actually prove that they're worthy of a place in the squad next season Absolutely and I think uh, young Bruce Anderson will, will have been very pleased at the remarks that uh, Stephen made about him and probably certainly won't hinder the chances of Bruce snapping up a new a new contract at Pataudry but uh, yeah I mean it is, it is an opportunity as we've said for players you know, Stephen will know the players he definitely wants to keep, and we've mentioned Andy Considine, but there are others, as you say, that might have been written off. But once Stephen's working with them on a daily basis, watching them in training, watching their attitude, you know, this is a great opportunity for players to change his mind. Yeah, and you mentioned Bruce Anderson there, a player that, for all the potential and all the, the great talk we've heard from him and we've seen him in, in sort of lower levels, it hasn't quite happened for him in the first team on a regular basis yet but when you've got Stephen Glass and Alan Russell particularly coming in what an opportunity it is for him Absolutely I think um, you know Bruce is a natural goal scorer uh, every level that I've seen him play he's scored goals And players uh, like that need a run they need to be playing yes, week in week out that, that's the thing I mean he, he hasn't had many opportunities 
a decent run of games in in the first team at Petardry. I think it's it's something like four starts uh, that he's made uh, in his career at, at Petardry. Whereas when he, he's he's out and about playing for other clubs, um, you know he's made forty nine starts, uh, and that's why he scored the majority of his goals for other teams other than Aberdeen. But when he played development league football, quite often against experienced defenders. Bruce was at times unplayable and there's a lot there that Alan Russell can work with um, he's not the biggest so he's not going to be a target man uh, but we don't know what the style of play is going to be it could be a style that absolutely suits a player like Bruce Anderson um, I think you, you always need to have a big striker because you've got to be able to mix it up because if you're if you're one dimensional uh, managers and coaches nowadays have got so much information they can tap into they can set out a game plan that is going to stifle you if you are you know a simple plan A but um I think Bruce will be very very excited about the the chance of working with a coach who works with you know the England strike force that we've we've spoken about. If he, if he's not excited about that, then he's in the wrong job. Frankly, well, I always think it's very interesting the first half an hour under a new manager because you've got you, you heard Andrew Constantine talking just a, a little bit there about how they've been told to be a little bit sharper, a little bit quicker in, in all those things, and you can imagine that there's already a natural buzz around the place with a new manager in place. And that first half an hour under any new manager, and bear in mind, it's not happened for Aberdeen in such a long time. It's going to be a very interesting opening half hour or so. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting 90 minutes, I would suggest, or hopefully 90 minutes, not 120. <laughs> and uh, penalty kicks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because, the, I mean, as well as the players will want to impress the new manager, the new manager will want to show the fans exactly what he's about. So the, the style of play that Aberdeen adopt from the start, and as he's mentioned, there'll be a few tweaks. It won't be wholesale changes, obviously, no. but uh, there will be some tweaks, and it's really exciting to find out what these tweaks are going to be. It certainly is. It's a 5.30 kick-off tomorrow, remember. Uh, let's hear the thoughts of our fan reporter, Graham Watts, ahead of tomorrow evening's Cup tie. Yeah, Mike, I'm looking forward to seeing Stephen in the dugout. You know, it's been a while now. He's um, he's finally got the, the chance to, to get in and start working with the players. So um, I think it's exciting times. I know the players will be excited. They've, they've got a point to prove why they want to be here. Um, Stephen will I'll have a rough idea of how he wants to set up for a Livingston it won't be easy they'll make it difficult um, but you know I think from the fans point of things we're just excited to, to finally see Stephen in the dugout along with Alan Russell and when Scott Brown arrives that you know that'll just be it'll be great um, you know listen, listening to his interviews yesterday he seemed positive he seemed confident and you know he, he just wants success and He's got a big chance to, to go and make a make a, a statement this year with the Scottish Cup, and hopefully he does. Hopefully the players believe in themselves that they can go and have a good run in this cup and possibly get to the final. And if you get there, you never know, Mike. It's one it's a one off game. You can always you can always get a chance of winning it. And I think he said yesterday it's a chance to turn a, an average season into a good season, and we'd all be happy with that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited, Mike. Hopefully Aberdeen go go out there tomorrow and get the job done and. Look forward to the next round. And I'm, I'm going to be confident, Mike. I'm going to say 2-0 in his first game in charge. Hopefully they do that for him. Yeah, um, just before we do get on to Beat the Pundit and get your predictions as well, I think one of the things that I think, it, personally, I think could be a real positive is the fact that this Scottish Cup is so condensed this season that if you can start, if you can get the new manager bounce that everyone talks about, but let's face it, it is a thing. We, we've seen it, not every time. There's examples in the league this season where it's not happened. But that aside, if you can get that... 
then suddenly because the games are so close together, you're still on that kind of initial honeymoon period, given it's only eight games, as he said, until the end of the season in a cup final. Yeah, I mean, the, the quarterfinals are, are next Saturday. Uh, <laughs> so, are. Um, <laughs> you, you don't have a, a lot of time in between them. It's, there's no time to reflect and, and think, oh, great, we've cracked it, or... Oh, we've had a couple of defeats in between times. The confidence has drained a little bit. So uh, it's it's going to be a pretty hectic schedule between now and the end of the season. And ideally, we'd love to be involved in eight games. Livingston, just on them, Dave, obviously, they, we mentioned their form recently has been up and down. But they are a team that we know have done well in cup competition this season. They've they've also gone on an amazing run when, when David Martell came in. They are a team that are capable. What do the Dons have to look out for tomorrow? Well, they work so hard for each other as a team. Um, quite glad that Scott Robinson, who has done so well for them this season, doesn't look as though he's going to be playing again for Livingston because he's obviously moving else to pastures new in the summer. But uh, no, they're, they're very solid, well organised, and they'll fight for each other from first minute to last. So, you know, man for man, we've said it. Often, you know, we've probably got better players than they have, but they're a really tight-knit squad who will, you know, run through brick walls for each other and and the manager as well. And they, we know from the record this season how difficult it's going to be. And we know th- th- that these players have experienced coming to Petardry and going away with a, w- a win. So they cannot be underestimated. I'm sure they won't be either. And goals are the one thing that have been difficult to come by. You mentioned it earlier, Andrew. How do Aberdeen and how does Stephen Glass get the goals tomorrow? Alan Russell produces a rabbit out the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe pulls the boots on. Who yeah, knows? Say, uh, but uh, no, I think um, there will have been things that they've been doing in training that will have been different. Um, they've just got to trust their own abilities, to be perfectly honest. Um, they don't become bad players overnight. Um, you know, it's been a while since a lot of them have scored goals, but um, I, as I say, they've they've just got to act naturally. Yeah. You know, don't, don't get all uptight. Take responsibility. Have a shot. Don't think, oh, I don't want to take this on because... I might make a mess of it and the manager's going to think badly of me. The manager's not going to think badly of anybody that takes responsibility and has a dig at goal. Um, He's probably going to prefer to see you have a shot and maybe not hit the target than watch you play a pass and, and shirk the responsibility. You've got to play for yourself first and foremost and just go out there. You're not playing for Aberdeen because you're a bad player. You know, you've done things in the past that have earned you the right to wear that red shirt. Just go and continue to do these things. Well, still to come on Red Friday, we'll talk more about the game tomorrow. Plus, we've got Beat the Pundit coming up in just a few minutes' time too. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about your new podcast, Red Rewind, and particularly this one of interest because uh, you you spoke to Brian Irvin. um, In fact, I think it was the first one you recorded, actually. It was, yes. uh, During during the earlier stages of lockdown and um, Brian Irvin talking about his time when he was sort of coming through the ranks at Petodre, he'd signed from Falkirk and, and under Alex Ferguson. Uh, let's just hear a quick clip of what you uh, spoke to Brian Irvin about on episode three of Red Rewind. Just to be on that bench, 
not to any chance of playing, but just to be involved in the build-up, the team talk, and then on the bench when the team beat Hearts 3-0, was such a big boost to your confidence, just as much as the week before when you made your debut in the, the league game against Clyde Bank, and that's a credit to Alec Ferguson that gave you the confidence to... You only played one game that season in the first team, and you know that. But yet you felt as if when the season finished, wow! I feel really my de- my development's come a mile from the start of the season when I signed from Falkirk. And there's a player that was what twenty at the time, Dave, and when he signed for the Dons, and and you've got a very sort of there's a lot of similarities between a lot of the youngsters today. Yeah, and uh, we saw it with with Derek who. As well as I'm sure with Stephen, we've had youngsters on the bench that probably aren't going to be be involved at all. But just to give them that experience, the same as Fergie did with with Brian and many others, and uh, it certainly helped Brian to go on. I mean, he'd, he'd some job to get break into that first team, didn't he? <laughs> Not a bad couple of defenders. Well, there was a couple of guys that had put 140 caps between them um, that uh, he had to try and get past, but he did, and he got a few caps for him, for himself. But uh, I think it, it, it's all about how to manage young players. Um, we've seen Calvin Ramsey, we've seen Jack McKenzie uh, come in, do extremely well, but there are times when the right thing is just to pull them back from the action keep them involved don't chuck them away into the background keep them involved but let them know look you're not going to play in this game but you're going to be part of the team talk you're going to travel on the bus with us if we're going away from home whatever just to to get you into the, the to, to know what it's all about being a first team player and then when the time is right throw them in and, and rather than you know perhaps play them in half a dozen games where the initial adrenaline rush of making your debut sort of tapers off a wee bit and you maybe make one or two mistakes, your confidence gets dented and sometimes it takes a long time for that confidence to be restored. So um, it was interesting speaking to Brian about how Fergie managed him so well uh, in the early stages of his career because he'd been playing first-team football at Falkirk before he came to Aberdeen but it didn't mean to say that he was going to walk straight into the Aberdeen team. No, and of course, uh, you can hear the full interview by subscribing to the Red Rewind podcast. It's episode three, isn't it? It's episode three. We've already, already there are episodes one and two featuring Jim Layton and Steve Tosh. And, uh, you know, I would just say subscribe to them and uh, there'll be an episode every Monday for the next, throughout this month and next month yeah. uh, until Series 1 finishes and... Uh, as we've said before, we just had great fun making them. Yeah, and I think one of the, the, the things that I really enjoyed about listening to it is, of course, the fact that you both know the players. You, you've both been involved. You're friends with some of them. You've been in the, at the club at the same time as them, Andrew. And um, it's from that perspective, it's a slightly different kind of listen. It is, because... As you say, we're, we're friendly with, with all of them. Um, Brian worked for North Sound as well. Well, for a absolutely. While. Brian, um, in his recovery from MS, uh, worked with North Sound and, you know, he's, he's a very eloquent speaker and, uh, you know, speaks from the heart at all times. And that was the, the, the great thing. I think the fact that the guys know us 
they'll maybe come out with some things that they would be a little bit um, unsure as to whether to, to come out to, to a journalist, whatever. Um, but or, or in Jim Layton's case, his daughter, who hadn't <laughs> heard the yes. story, the fact that he became a goalkeeper by accident. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was great fun. And um, if people enjoy it, let us know that you've enjoyed it and uh, we'll make plans for, for doing more. Yeah, and you can follow on the Facebook page at Red Rewind 1903. It's also on Instagram, the same page as well, Red Rewind 1903. And you just search Red Rewind uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Still to come, we've got Beat the Pundit and it's Kenny who actually had a goal last week and never got his five minutes of fame. So we're going to give him those five minutes of fame in just a minute. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Last week it was Kenny who had a goal, but of course there was no Red Friday. So, Andrew, how did Kenny get on? He beat Dave 7-5. All right, OK, OK. Well, we're going to give Kenny his uh, one minute of fame. and let him. Well, actually, it's a bit longer than that because he does like to talk, so about two minutes. So we're going to give him his two minutes of fame and let him have another go this week. He gave his predictions to Graham earlier today. Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is Don's fan, Kenneth. Kenneth, first up, Friday night Scottish Cup games, St Mirren versus Inverness. Your score predictions for that one. St Mirren versus Inverness. St Mirren's had a decent season, got to semi-final and just narrowly missed out in top six. Uh, Inverness still trying to get into a promotion place but I see it's been a hard game. I'm going to go for St Mirren 2, Inverness 1. Motherwell versus Morton. Motherwell is relatively safe from relegation this season. Morton is fighting for their lives. I think uh, Motherwell will be one to have the cup just to keep something going for this season. I'm going to go for Motherwell 3, Morton 0. Forfar Athletic against Dundee United. Too far to Forfar? Well, it's no far for Dundee United. And I think Dundee United will cuff the team at its bottom of Scottish League 1 by four goals to nil. And moving on to Saturday's games. First up, Kilmarnock against Montrose. Your score predictions for that one. I think this is going to be a tough game for Kilmarnock. They've got one eye over their shoulders at Hamilton just now, trying to fight off relegation. Montrose still fighting to get to a Scottish League One playoff position just now. Um, I'm going to go for a home win here, but a close one. I'm going to go for Kilmarnock 2, Montrose 1. St Johnston against Clyde. Big Cup winner St Johnston, I think, will have no problem against Clyde. I'm going to go for an easy 2-0 victory for St Johnston. And the final game on Saturday, the big one, Stephen Glass's first game in charge, Aberdeen versus Livingston. Your score predictions for that one? The game that all Aberdeen fans are interested in this weekend. Uh, hoping to see a good reaction with the new manager coming in. I'm going to go for Aberdeen 2, Livingston 0. Moving on to Sunday, first up we've got Stranraer against Hibs. Your score predictions for that one? Strandraar versus Hibs. Strandraar is fighting for a playoff position in the League 2, but I think the quality of Hibs will be far too much. I'm going for an easy 2-0 victory for Hibs. And the final game of the weekend, Rangers versus Celtic. Your score predictions for that one? Rangers versus Celtic. Tough one to call. I'm going to go for 1-1 after 90 minutes. North Sound 1, Red Friday. 
almost thought we were going to get a bit of Eric Morecambe there with an East 54445, but not quite. Not quite. That's Grant in the hospital radio for you. <laughs> Kenny White. Uh, thank you, Kenny. Some good, uh, some interesting thoughts as well on the games, uh, Dave. But let's go through them, starting with the ones tonight. And you're not allowed to change your prediction because it is currently St Mirren nil, Cali nil with, uh, well, they're into stoppage time in it's the first half. It's half time now. It is half time now. Okay. So I've gone for nil, nil. Uh, I've gone for um, three, no, two nil. 2-0, OK. Uh, Motherwell, Morton? 2-0, Motherwell. 4 for Dundee United? 0-3. On to tomorrow's games, Kilmarnock at home to Montrose? I think it'll be a lot easier than Kenny thinks, say 5-0. Clyde, they're away at McDermott against St Johnston? 3-0, Saints. And Aberdeen, of course, at home I to Livingston? I think gone the same, 2-0. Yeah, I think uh, Graham, Kenny, uh, I think all of us did all as well, Andrew. Yeah. All of us, So no chance. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be 2-0. 6-5. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, we've got Stranraer against Hibs. Is the earlier one? 1-3. One, and then it's Rangers-Celtic. Uh, like Kenny, uh, can't separate after 90 minutes, 2-2. Two, two. OK, Andrew, looking at some of the games that are on tonight, obviously that St mirren Cali game, we were just talking there in the break about how Cali uh, played well against Ross County, but also a real tough team to beat, it seems. Yeah, they're, they've hit a good vein of form under Neil McCann and Billy Dodds, and it's a bit of a free hit for them, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I've gone for St Mirren just to edge it, because they've had a very good season, and they... You know, they were unlucky not to be top six. Uh, they just missed out and getting to the, the Betfred Cup final. So uh, I think they'll just edge that one. At the other games this evening, Motherwell at home to Morton. You expect Motherwell to win that one, but here it is the Cup. And then Dungeon United away to Forfar. Yeah, I, I can see the Premiership sides having fairly straightforward passages um, Forfar obviously have got Tony Doherty in the dugout alongside Gary Irvin and Doc if you're listening do us a favour knock Dundee United <laughs> out and providing we win then it would be Forfar that Aberdeen would face in the quarter finals but realistically yeah, speaking it would be a, a brilliant start I mean they, they, they did play against uh, Airdrie in midweek went down 3-1 uh, but uh, it would be it's a tall order mm. uh, tomorrow's games there's uh, the other two games Kilmarnock, Montrose and St Johnston against Clyde you have to say you expect again the Premiership teams to make it through Yeah um, particularly I mean the, the Montrose one I, I can see where Kenny's coming from uh, Montrose have had a good season but they got slaughtered last night by Partick Thistle 5-0 they're playing so many games just now that it's got to catch up at some point and, and I think Kilmarnock have got a bit of a spring in their step now Lafferty's scoring goals for them and I see them progressing and likewise St Johnston they're, they're stuffy, they're, they're never going to be free-flowing, uh, exciting um, you know expansive to watch but they'll get the job done and Clyde again, you know they, they had a league game last night so the fatigue factor will weigh strongly in favour of the Premiership side. And then on Sunday, Stranraer against Hibs and then Rangers Celtic first of all the Stranraer Hibs game Surely a, an away win. It should be. Um, it would be a major surprise if, if Hibs were to lose that one. And then when it comes to Rangers and Celtic, well, Rangers have played the system beautifully, haven't they? With all these appeals against five guys who went to a party Valentine's Day weekend. And it's going to take the SFA until Tuesday to make their minds up as to whether mm -hmm. they should have been banned or not. Um 
it's a farce. It's I mean, an absolute farce that it takes so long to to sort something out when the police find them that weekend. Yeah, and now we're having to wait till the twentieth of April, some two two months and six days from the time when the offence took part took place for the the thing to be finally determined. Rangers saw the loophole there; they could put in their appeal. To me. There should be a, a, something in place that says if your appeal is spurious, you get a double the ban. And from my viewpoint, the only reason that they appealed it was because they were a wee bit short in numbers. Because Tavernier's injured, they haven't got another right back. They tried to play Balligan at right back, he was hopeless. Patterson comes in at right back, and that stuff that Stephen Gerrard came away with, you know. Oh, you're stunting the career of poor Nathan Patterson. Well, sorry, Nathan Patterson should have a bit more sense than to break the COVID rules. And surely the uh, SFA have to just make it the same across the board for these things, because I think that's half of the problem. Is yeah, it's so there's been random. so many inconsistencies say, from start to finish, and indeed even the way Rangers players have been treated has been inconsistent. Mm. When you think back to uh, Edmondson and Jones, what, what they got. So I I'm totally agree with with uh, Andrew that it's just. They're playing the system and it shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, that being the final game, Dave, you, you went for not separating them uh, after 90 minutes. I think you said, what did you say, 1-1, 2-2? 2-2. 2-2. Kenny said 1-1. Um, uh, well, I'm going to have to put you, pin you down for who's going to win in extra time and penalties. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> uh, We've got to have one team through out yeah, of the two of them. Nice to see Celtic go through and spoil Rangers unbeaten. It, it could potentially be the last ever Scottish Cup tie that Scott Brown plays. So he is going to be desperate to make sure that that is not the case. Um, yeah. I've, I, however, have gone two one Rangers because they just seem to be invincible domestically at Highbrox. Well, it'll be an interesting weekend of games, but of course the big one is tomorrow. It's a five o'clock uh, kickoff, uh, Livingston against the Dons. But of course there are two League One games happening as well. The twelve o'clock kickoffs. It's Cove Falkirk and East Fife Peterhead. Uh, good result for Cove last week. Not such a good one for Peterhead, but it's difficult opposition, Andrew. Yeah, uh, the, the, both have got very tough games. Cove against Falkirk is second against first, and East Fife against Peterhead. East Fife still, you know, if they can win, they can jump up the table into third place. Um, well, not quite because their goal difference isn't yeah. as good as Thistles, but um, massive games for for both sides, and it's getting to the the sharp end of the season for everyone. And that League One table is so congested from 6th place East Fife up to 2nd place Cove Rangers there's only 4 points separating well what a huge game for Cove absolutely and uh, you know again Cove with a few games to go if they got the 3 points tomorrow what a boost that is in terms of actually catching catching Falkirk and overtaking them yeah, absolutely. Of course, the other one, the one that we're all uh, watching tomorrow, it's Livingston against the Dons. It's a 5.30 kickoff. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. 